0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3
1: KLIN. All right, greetings, welcome in to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you with us on this Tuesday morning, August 15th, 2023, the halfway point ish of the eighth month of the year and uh another wave of students going back to school today so another day where we're seeing best of luck on the first day of school for some of those lps students that are going today i think we'll get another wave tomorrow from some other schools around the listening area as well and we got another nice day uh for the time being <laughs> For for uh, right now, in fact, it's beautiful outside right now. If you've got a chance to get out and do some, you know, early early yard work or something, here you oh, might want to not this hour go do it right now. Well, if you're not using power tools or anything, all right, you all can right. go get the shovel out and dig up some, dig up some stuff.
2: Open go, up the garage, get a little shop work do, done, do a little weeding, uh,
1: <laughs> get the circular saw out. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I just, we I, had
3: a. Uh, I'd tune up my snowblower if I were you.
1: I, it's ready to go. I don't even have anything I can do for that. It's in tip top shape right now. So, yeah, no, but that
3: very first snow, it will
2: break.
1: Uh, I got, I got a, uh, I've got a nephew who works for old, uh john deere and specializes in small equipment it got it was it was out of repair for so long that he got his certification and degree and he's like an expert now in small engines and so he was up for my son's graduation and put him to put him to work on in it and it was lickety split and that thing's working again but no it was just like it was i was just walking outside i was like i'd like to stay out here for a while when i was walking from my car inside today and so one well, I say one more day of this. I I see today's high is 82, but my but forecast says Thursday's 82 also. Yeah. So,
3: yeah, I, it's it's up and down and then up 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 up. Then yeah,
1: Saturday, Sunday, a, so the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we're uh we're back in triple digits temperature and heat indices could break 100. Again. Oh, crap. You knew it was coming again though. You definitely knew it was coming once again, so uh, we got that to look forward to here for this weekend, but the extended forecast look like, looks like hot and dry for the next couple of weeks as we finish up the month of August here and get through the end of, I guess, what they call meteorological summer and uh, move into the month of September. So um, that's some of the stuff we got going on. It's Tuesday on the show, so that means Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is going to talk to us uh, Nebraska News and Politics. We've also got... Uh, we got Jason Ball joining us from Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and we will have John Baylor, who is uh, who's going to be joining us at eight thirty-five today. As we are now just over a week from the start of the Nebraska volleyball season, so we'll talk to him about some of the news stories going on going around related to Nebraska volleyball. So, got a uh, got a busy day with all of that, and of course, your morning drive. We'll count down the five things that you're talking about today. We've got the sound off coming up as well um I got a I got a couple of stories that are interesting here Mark but uh, I don't know if you've got anything that we should we should get started with here this morning mm-hmm. otherwise I can uh, I can get going with the things uh, that I've got on my list
3: yeah just had a stolen vehicle recovered before it was reported stolen so oh okay <laughs> recovered in Lincoln right. by LPD before it was reported stolen on the campus uh, of UNO
1: oh okay all right okay well very good uh glad that we got that taken care of uh campus of UNL I was on the campus of UNL yesterday it was a uh very busy day to say the least uh on campus at UNL yesterday for move in for students and they have got that process down to a T. holy cow you know uh, the the uh the we talked about this a little bit yesterday but I, it was even it was even more efficient than I realized. The old day move into move into your dorm was an all day experience, uh, whether you were with yourself or with with your family members. But now, I mean, yesterday, ten thirty, go to the Devaney Center, get the room key, right? Go back, go to the go to the building that we're living in. There's about fifty students, uh, or I don't know if they're students or volunteers or what they are in in uh, T-shirts, matching T-shirts. You just sit in your car. They open up the doors in the back. They take everything out. You give them a little a little tag with your room number. You go park your car. You take whatever you have you, out of your other car. That's what we did. Bring it up, and about 10 minutes later, everything arrives to your room like it's from a bellhop.
2: A real Hogwarts situation.
1: Every, yeah, everything, <laughs> everything arrives there, and so after about... You Know after about an hour and a half of arranging things and putting the clothes in the closet and getting the computer set up and figuring out the Wi Fi, uh, pretty much time for mom and dad to leave because there isn't all that much more to do. Well, it's like, well,
3: okay. Well, I'm sure you had to start the remodeling of his bedroom. I mean, it's just gonna be your new office. Uh, we uh
1: <laughs> we have uh we got we changed the uh the bedding on the bed and stuff, and our dog. Uh, Reggie he made himself comfortable on that bed right away so he's like re- yep mine I took a picture and I was like we already rented out your room <laughs> sent it to my son <laughs> so so he was in there but yeah we we uh we got my son all moved away. and you know it's it's interesting because like when I when I uh got dropped off for college when I was up in Iowa and I think a lot of people have this moment there's like you know mom and dad say their final goodbyes and hug and they leave and those sorts of things we took my we it was about it was about twelve thirty, one o'clock when everybody was really hungry. So we went out to lunch. We went to Honest Abe's downtown, mm-hmm. got something to eat, and then just brought him back to uh to the building where he's living in and <laughs> kind of dropped him off it wasn't really it was well, very see you later. it was very anticlimactic anaclimactic. there was not a very it was not a very dramatic moment we were like well see ya. i mean wasn't a hug wasn't even really possible hey, don't be a stranger like, son it was just like a fist bump and uh we'll you know we'll see you tomorrow when you go when get you stop him, by to get the rest of your food so
2: uh
1: it was it was that but then then i got home and it was like that there there was a little bit of There was definitely a little emptiness and a different feeling in the house last night that I had to kind of overcome some melancholy about that, but that'll get less every single day, I'm sure, and we'll move on to that new era. So, Mm. yeah. Uh, All right, a couple of stories that I want to touch on here this morning. Uh, (laughs) So apparently some of the—I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there are some stores in town that are selling— Products that are allegedly legal that contain cannabis. Yes. Have you seen any of these? There's a few around town. <laughs>
2: you I, it may be if you, if you
1: open your eyes. <laughs> it may be. Here's the problem. It may be hard to spot them because of the the lack of, uh, you know, lack of attention grabbing things that they've got directing you to these places. I guess if only what, what I, I just I, I guess I wish they could get some maybe some signs that they could stick into the ground what why is it why is it that the the thc places uh they embrace these stick in the ground signs more than any other industry in the entire city they are like you, you open up a cinnamon roll shop and you're not getting these signs but you're selling the fake weed and it's you got to have these signs that are bringing people in sign companies are enjoying it i don't i do not understand why that why that and then it's They're and fast. then the And then the bright lights and then the very bright flashing flashing lights like the one on North 27th is still shocking. If you go by that one in the dark, it looks like a little slice of Vegas out there with that whole thing. But apparently the Lincoln Police Department had some reason to believe that perhaps some of these places were offering THC products that were above the legal limit of THC content Mm. uh, for Delta-9 THC. The rule says in the 2018 Farm Bill that the plant that they use contained no more than 0.3 of Delta-9 THC, but you could put in other what they call cannabinoids, including CBD, which isn't psychoactive, uh, and other things in there. And Delta 8, which is psychoactive, but there's no limit on on that exactly. And so they went out and they found in spot checks on 10 local dispensaries, uh, found a handful of places that turns out were not selling. T- we're selling, I should say, THC that did not meet the legal limit. Some of them were above 5% THC. Some of them were tested above 15% THC instead of 0.3 THC. And so they they went through these. They apparently went through some of these in Omaha as well. Uh, the stores are still open. They um going through I guess the the process that goes along with this whole thing. And also said that anybody who purchased the illegal products could be subject to prosecution um, so that was in the uh, that's what was in the story that the Lincoln Journal Star did Andrew Wegley did a, a shot a story on this and it, it's still it's still baffling to me I brought this up before we're still having these conversations about I mean we're gonna have a petition drive on medical marijuana I think there's probably a pretty good chance I guess I shouldn't even say that I have no idea if it's going to get the signatures <laughs> i've I've learned my lesson on that, but there's a there's a well, let's all agree there's at least a chance it's going to get on the ballot for twenty twenty four
3: and but there's a chance it won't get on the ballot even if they have the signatures that's also yes that's also true but let's
1: anyway it's going to continue to be an issue whether it's debated in the legislature, which it may be again this session, whether it's in the form of a ballot initiative. And we're going to have all these arguments going on, and meanwhile, we are going to have just scads of these stores in town who are already selling products that have THC in it, that have Delta 8, Delta 9 in them, even though they're at their low level. But, I mean, trust me, people are getting high on these things, right? People, are. it's got enough, there are absolutely, it's not even like off-label use. It's exactly what it is. And it's just so bizarre sometimes you hear some of the arguments on this about what would happen if there were, you know, there were medical marijuana or what would happen if they legalized recreational marijuana for that. I mean, we're seeing it. I mean, it's happening. Go see what's happening right now. Right? It, I mean, yeah, there might be some slight differences if they actually went to, you know, the leaded stuff, if you want to call that, but... I think you're getting a good idea of kind of what that would be like if those things were legalized right now, for better or worse, right? If, yep. It I is mean, what it is. It, 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 if it's something that looks like it's a problem, okay, we know that now. If it looks like it's something that's okay, it's not going to be a huge problem. I mean, I'd be interested, frankly, what um, what LPD and, and others are saying about what they're seeing with this stuff right now and is it is it a big problem is it not a big problem are people being impacted by it but it's like i I, i'm i feel like half the people who are talking about these issues have no idea that this is even going on which is kind of remarkable to me because these places are literally everywhere in this city they're everywhere
3: there's over 75 uh vape and uh cbd uh vape smoke vape yeah
1: and i guess the the vape if it's just a vape one that's a little different because that's it's. I mean, if they just sell nicotine vapes, that's a little bit different. But your point is well taken. Is that
3: these? You know, it's impossible to swing a dead cat and not hit one of these places. Yeah, it is. Uh, and yeah, and they seem to be picking up. You know, they just pop up overnight, seems, right? Seems, and, yeah. and they're the target of uh, a lot of uh, robberies lately. You know, all the cars they were using stolen vehicles to smash in the doors. Right. We had what three or four. That'd be a good question for the mayor tomorrow. That would yeah, maybe I'll uh what, what is the situation? There you go. I have the mayor on tomorrow, huh?
1: All right. Um <laughs> so I got I had that on my list that I wanted to uh to uh, touch on briefly. And then speaking of drugs, um did you guys see the story with Crete Public Schools? Yes, yeah. I did. Wow. Yeah, I wow. They are going to randomly drug test students who are in activities or who have a parking permit, I guess, or a parking pass for the school. Drug test that includes, it'll pick up, you know, what you would think of as harder drugs to marijuana to tobacco to alcohol all the way through there. And they're going to be testing these. They're going to be paying a pretty significant money, first year, $25,000 to pay for these things, and they're going to do 450 tests on uh, that they've got. They've at least got 450 tests to do this thing, and they'll randomly randomly do it throughout the year who participate in extracurricular non-graded activities or they who have obtained a school parking lot pass. They'll be in this pool. They'll take them out the, out of there at this point, and they are going to do that because this apparently has been enough of an issue. Um, as you can imagine, the school board discussion about this was a lively one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they have a positive they'll have activity ineligibility for 10 uh, school or activity days, five school or activity days in middle school, second positive 20 days, parking permit suspended, uh, goes along with those two. Third activity uh, ineligible for 60 calendar days, parking permit permanently suspended, and fourth barred from activities. Um at that point
2: so what was the part that that led to this where it was an issue was, was there a lot of drug use that was being noticed was there a lot of increase in substance
1: use is what the superintendent basically how he described it
2: i mean increase the, it, like what what does that mean though is it okay we found five people and we thought it was i not sure
1: before i don't i i don't have i don't completely have the answer to that but i know on monday night when the school the school board president i should say um said Look, th- they thought it was important after seeing an increase in substance abuse in the school community, so they approved it unanimously with consent agenda items. And so, and it's seven through 12, mm-hmm. Seven through twelve that they're going to do this. It's and it's getting a lot of attention now. Here at this point,
2: well, well, the the reason that I get really apprehensive about this is because you've seen this done other places where they just don't, especially when it's random like that. There's however many they're going to spend however much money on it. And they just don't find positive tests like they'd spend all of this money and maybe it's there more as a deterrent than actually finding anything. Yeah. But you spend so much of this money and ultimately don't find anything. Don't find this giant sweeping issue that couldn't have been been fixed and that money been put to better use. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, as you'd expect, parents have a lot to, to say about this and mm-hmm. in this situation. So it'll be an interesting experiment to see see what happens with this whole thing. But that's been a lively discussion in the Crete area for the last few days. All right, uh, that's kind of what's happening this morning. A couple of uh, things we'll get to. We'll get to more throughout the course of the show today. Sound off in 10 minutes today. Of course, big happenings in Georgia last night. If you didn't miss it, we'll update you on those. Plus, we've got to check sports coming up next from Caleb. Right now, 54 degrees in the capital city on KLIN. Stay informed.
0: Stay connected. What America does not want is another repeat of 2020 where we have Joe Biden and Donald Trump running against each other. 1,499.3 KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects
1: us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, 54 degrees in the capital city on your Tuesday morning. We uh, we'll have Joe Jordan coming up about a half hour from right now, 35 minutes from right now. A little bit later in the show, Jason Ball is going to join us as well as John Baylor so busy day Uh, i didn't i first segment i didn't get to mention this but mark did some reporting on it uh lincolnite's gonna be on chopped tonight on the food network
2: yeah that was you you had a little bit of reporting in there i know dan parsons had uh had that chef on friday yep that was was on the dan parsons show
1: yeah it's uh it's it's really cool um because I like that show. <laughs> I, now I've been more. I haven't watched it for a while. I got. I had a segment when I got really into that show, just as something to have on in the background.
2: I've and never I always, super gotten into Chopped. Really? Oh yeah. I, I think I had so because there's all these all the cooking shows. I got really into Iron Chef. Yeah, for that, a I bit. liked
1: that too. Really I into Iron that. Chef it's, and Chopped is somewhat similar to yeah. that in some ways. Got
2: really into Iron Chef, then beat Bobby Flay. And then now, just because it's so casual, guys' grocery games. It, a lot of times, it just seems like yeah. yeah, this is a mom of twelve. Let's see what she can do today. Yeah,
1: so this is this is Rachel McGill. She's with Dish, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, it it's going to be cool. So if you haven't seen the show, they basically give you they give you a basket of ingredients that are. Complete for actually three sets of baskets with ingredients if you make it through all the rounds, mm-hmm. and like you make an appetizer and a meal and a dessert, I think that's how they do it. It's been a little while since I've watched it, but they'll give you ingredients that are not necessarily the things you would think these people who are very good chefs would be cooking with, things like a you know like a a box of lucky charms mm-hmm. right and hot dogs and yeah whatever it's just and then there's always like some like really random. Game meat or something like that, or a like a fish sauce or something like that. You've got to figure out how to integrate all these things into one dish. And I always wonder, like, some of the stuff they end up making. I'm like, I don't know that that's that good. But my one advice, I hope now Rachel's already taped this, that she already knows what happens. Obviously, she went through it. She's, you know, she's got an NDA, so she can't talk about any of these things, and so everybody will find out except for her tonight on this. The one thing, though, if you've ever watched that show, I always am yelling at the contestants, and I hope she didn't do this. Don't use that ice cream machine.
2: <laughs> do not
1: do not go and use that ice cream machine. That thing, I don't know if it's got its own mechanical problems or it's just the idea of trying to use that too fast. That thing always screws up for people, always jams up or always produces something that does not look like... Ice cream. Just get, don't on the dessert round. Think of something else besides ice cream.
2: They, they they've got the same ice cream manufacturer as Burger King.
1: <laughs> I thought it was
2: McDonald's that had the Burger problems. King's never had theirs work either. <laughs> it's. I'm not surprised. We've got. All so I've the, had more luck getting McFlurries at, at McDonald's than I have just I, the ice cream at Burger King.
1: We've got a surprisingly high failure rate, <laughs> whether it be on Chopped or whether it be at our nation's fast food restaurants. For ice cream machines, okay? Uh, and maybe that's something we ought to look into a little bit more. Because I think we're a nation fueled by ice cream, to we be are. honest. We are. But, like, what is...
2: I, I look like I am.
1: Does Dairy Queen ever have these problems? I mean, they do the soft serve that comes from a machine, too. No,
2: they they went. They ordered their part got, special.
1: I mean, they they got the good stuff.
2: <laughs> they they went and paid premium. Man, look at all the local stuff I've, I have to watch on TV
1: tonight. I got a Lincolnite. I got a Lincolnite on Chopped competing on that show I got a baseball team from Lincoln playing for a national championship yeah uh, with with carpetland team the Lincoln East Legion team going up against Texas out in Boone North Carolina or mm-hmm. is it Boone no it's a different town in North Carolina whatever they're in North Carolina playing this Legion championship and uh
2: I still need to get caught up on caught up caught up what the heck was that yeah On the the latest Nebraska Hard Knocks look in.
1: So if if you don't know what Caleb's talking about, Nebraska's football or the people behind the, you know, kind of the video production of this whole thing are putting out little half hour episodes every week of something that is kind of akin to the Hard Knocks show that's on um, on HBO that always goes around training camp with an NFL team and just sort of. Plays the highlights and storylines and those sorts of th- things, and they're putting this together at Nebraska. It's these half-hour shows, and it's pretty extensive. Like it looks, it's a real production mm-hmm. to it, to get this it's thing. It's phenomenal, done. And, but
2: yeah, you you have plenty of stuff that is here in Lincoln or related to here in Lincoln. Yeah, to to watch. So you right watch now. that,
1: you could add that on tonight. So you might need you do that as your you know during happy hour, I suppose. And then, by yeah. the
2: way, real quick on the uh, on on Hard Knocks because they're featuring the Jets right now. Yes. Did you hear? They started talking about stuff going to the opera and who and one of the guys tried to say, "I just want to go and get a charcuterie board." Instead, he came out and he said, "I just want to go and eat charcuterie," <laughs> <laughs> and all of his teammates just went, "No, man, no charcuterie." <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I didn't see that. <laughs> they took the jest to the opera.
2: Well, some some of their guys because they're like, I want to take you to Broadway. Oh, and then some of the and some of the others. Are oh, like, they were just talking. They, about they were it. just talking about what? it, and and some of the guys are like, man, I got big legs. Like, where can do I got like a VIP seating? And they're like,
1: I was I was hoping maybe. J- just reminded me because a bunch of the Husker players went to Hamilton on Friday night, I believe, on the Friday night show of Hamilton, and. Because Rule talked about that on Saturday, he uh-huh. said about eight. They had about eighty. They gave him the choice if they wanted to go there, and, and about eighty of them went to the lead center and saw Hamilton. Maybe. And so I was curious. I thought maybe we would get a little po- a little Broadway critique and uh, reaction. from maybe, the maybe that'll be in the next one. Yeah, that could. That could, yeah, maybe it timed out a little bit later. They did go to. You did get to see them going to Funplex though and riding water slides. Good, quite a little bit, and <laughs> very big men on water slides being oddly scared of them is pretty entertaining i'll be honest about that
2: well the slides right now are a scary thing what is that one in boston <laughs> yes They've,
1: they had to arrest true. the slide that's true so yeah your schedule the the baseball game if you're watching that that's on espn at you you at six o'clock yes the uh chopped is seven o'clock on food network and if you want to watch the day by day series uh both of the episodes are on youtube so well, you can a, do that look on and
2: uh, day by day was the documentary that oh that's out. right Oh all yeah,
1: the, there's that too. <laughs> the, yeah, sorry, I don't know. Yes, the the look in. It's not that one's not called day by day. So you can search for that, or go to the Husker Football YouTube page mm-hmm. and you can find it there. Yeah. So there you go. I've just given you a, given you a whole bunch of viewing options for television tonight, all with a nice local flair. Whether in you're into cooking or sports or drama. Uh, all right, sound off time. Well, we put it off for 43 minutes. You probably already heard the news, but it was kind of late last night, so maybe you haven't gotten all the details. Indictments handed down last night, unsealed to the public in the state of Georgia for not only Trump, but a whole lot of other people, too.
3: It's an 11-count indictment against the former president, charging him with six counts of conspiracy, filing false statements, and violating Georgia's racketeering law. Former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and Legal Advisors Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman and Sidney Powell are among 18 other people indicted, who District Attorney Fonnie Willis claims.
4: Took various actions in Georgia and elsewhere to block the counting of the votes of the presidential electors.
3: D.A. Willis says she will ask for a trial date within six months in the midst of the presidential primary season. In Washington, Jack Callahan, Fox News. All right.
1: Um, as per usual, I'm not going to waste my time trying to convince you that this is legit or a witch hunt. You've probably already decided on that, but it is worth, I think, discussing at least some of the legal realities of what's going to happen over the course of the next few months. Now, you heard the prosecutor. I don't actually. I can't remember. I think he said it in there um, that the the hope is to get this trial started in six months, in less than six months. Yeah no way i mean i I would say i could be wrong i'm not familiar with how they do things in the in the georgia judicial system but guys there are 18 people who are charged in this case there are 18 people who are charged in this case so the amount the 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 complexity and everything that's got to happen to actually do a trial in that. First of all, if you did a trial with with 18 people in this case and and everything that's going on in this case, it might last. The trial itself might last six months. Mm -hmm. Like there's a scenario where that could actually be the case here, that it could be that long, let alone waiting six months for it to happen. And so that's my that's my first sort of legal reaction on this thing. But again, she knows that she knows that system better than I do. She knows knows prosecution better than I do. I would have some real skepticism that this thing is tried by February. Right? Yeah. That's it. That's six months. That's six months, by the way, right in the middle of primary oh, season too. I, mean, I don't guys, I don't know. Wherever you are on any of these things, next year is going to be bat blank crazy.
2: Do you just it's psycho?
1: It is, is going to be bad, blank, crazy next year, and everybody to the extent everybody is already to the extremes on on the issue of Trump already. That's only going to happen more
2: mm-hmm.
1: over the, because you're going to have elections and just this basically a full schedule of criminal proceedings going on at some pers- point in the criminal proceedings, even if it's not trial itself now. I understand that when you name 18 people as defendants, the idea is not that you're bringing 18 defendants to trial. Mm-hmm. The idea is that some of them are pleading out, that some of them are cooperating, that th- this is the case. And that certainly is the idea here with this one. And so maybe she's imagining a scenario where they're bringing the charges to be tried against one or two defendants Mm -hmm. after this whole thing, and not 18 of them. Maybe that's what she's uh, doing, but she said she'd be uh, asking for a trial within 16 months. All 19 defendants tried at the same time. Okay.
2: Because of the way things coincided, different events yesterday, you had people put out the list of names that were charged yesterday. A lot of fun responses from sports fans saying, I don't understand these preseason rankings. The AP Top 25 preseason came out yesterday. Everyone's yeah. going, I think Alabama might be snubbed.
1: Yeah. Uh, among the names that were on that list, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, Jenna Ellis, the attorney, Um, several others. Several others kind of in that orbit as well. So you can take a look at it and see that the uh, Trump campaign did respond, by the way. To the indictment, here's what, uh, here's what they had to say.
6: Georgia becoming the fourth venue to charge the 45th president in a case that could well impact the 2024 election. A grand jury returned at least 10 indictments, a voluminous a document, more than 96, 97 pages, all accusing the former president and his allies of attempting to overturn the 2020 election. However, the Trump campaign remains defiant, writing in a statement posted on his website, Truth Social, his social media platform, the legal double standard set against President Trump must end. These activities by Democratic leaders constitute a grave threat to American democracy and are a direct attempt to deprive the American people of their rightful choice to cast their votes for president.
1: Like I said, buckle up. Buckle up starting about New Year's Day. Once, once that calendar flips from 2023 to 2024, You'll be the you'll be in the thick of the primary pretty quickly because when is the uh, I'm, let's see I'm gonna see when the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire yeah Iowa caucus is January 15th twenty twenty four so <laughs> so you you're gonna get and New Hampshire's January eighth so yeah Caleb you, that calendar flips into January and you're off and running with the Indian primary Indian. and you are depending on which of the four indictments that you're talking about, you're you're several months into pretrial motions and discovery and all of the things that are going in with those and maybe getting closer to trial, but regardless, you're going through the adjudication of these cases where you're going to have news on those all the time too.
2: May 14th here, by the way.
1: May 14th is here. Yeah. The first half, I mean, really, the entire year. The entire year, but especially from, you know, from... January 1st or January 8th until August I assume it'll be in August or late July when the parties announce their nominees. And it'll still be crazy after that too, but it is going to uh again, I can't think of another word for it. Buckle up. <laughs> I hope uh I hope we all I don't mean I don't mean literally make it through it alive, but
2: I hope we all kind of
1: <laughs> I hope the country makes it through it this whole thing because it's going to be a stress test next year without a doubt
2: yeah let's because that that just places things with as much that is happening there's a great chance for things to become further divided (laughs) like you could just get to further entrenched depending how and how so much of this goes
1: yeah the stakes just go higher every month yeah with,
2: with the with the legal system and then obviously with the elections yeah. It's just everything's kind of just sitting there like a powder keg.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. What else do we have in non-indictment news? Oh, yeah. We got the latest on Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. Thank goodness we have this for a distraction. <laughs> so if you missed no, it, what? Musk said they were against, uh, like a week ago, said they're, they are going to fight, that it's going to happen. Zuckerberg then came out, uh, I believe, at the beginning of this week and essentially said, I'm tired of I'm tired of this. He's never really going to do it. I'm not going to do this anymore. So, this is over. Now Musk is insisting he's wants to do it. It's going to happen and doesn't want Zuckerberg to back out now.
7: Elon Musk is ready to rumble with Mark Zuckerberg. The billionaire Tesla chief says he plans to show up on Zuckerberg's doorstep to propose a fight. The long-awaited tech titan cage match promised weeks ago. Musk says he'll take a self-driving Tesla car to Zuckerberg's Palo Alto estate to discuss the matter. This after Zuckerberg told Musk to just give up already on his month-long trash-talking over the matter. Musk originally proposed a cage match after Zuckerberg unveiled his Twitter copycat site threads. Sue Guzman, Fox News.
1: Uh, so yesterday he said Zuck is a chicken. Said he was trying to chicken out. Uh, He's wow. He said he can't eat a Chick Fil A because that would be cannibalism. <laughs> what are you ate?
2: <laughs> he gets all of his insults. From uh, Reddit, that's so.
1: hilarious. Yeah. It actually is kind of funny. And then and then another tweet. He said, "Can't wait to bang on his door tomorrow." Meaning today is is he going to is he going to Zuckerberg's house today? Zuckerberg had said. Earlier, he said, I think we can all agree Elon isn't serious and it's time to move on. I offered a real date. Dana White offered to make this a legit competition for charity. Elon won't confirm a date. Then he says he needs surgery. Now he has to do a practice round in my backyard instead. If Elon ever gets serious about a real date and official event, he knows how to reach me. Otherwise, time to move on. I'm going to focus on competing with people who take the sport seriously. (laughs) Apparently, Musk Musk and Zuckerberg had been texting about doing a practice bout beforehand. What? He said, if you still want to do a real MMA fight, then you should train on your own and let me know when you're ready to compete. I don't want to keep hyping something that'll never happen, so you should either decide you're going to do this and do it soon, or we should move on. So, we'll see. We will,
2: uh... Just fight already.
1: We will... Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Fight out. Do it. All right. Um, let's finish on... Let's finish on this one. So there's going to be a change in the American economy over the next months that you might not even realize, or you may be very familiar with, but you just you may realize it on the personal level, but not more on the uh, macro level. But there are a lot, a lot, a lot of people who are going to be gaining a new, new but old payment back in their life, and they're going to have a little less disposable income and that could build up to being Ooh, something yeah. that's particularly significant.
4: A big economic impact could slam former students and big brands both in September, when the three-year pandemic pause on student loan repayments ends. Forty-four million former students on the hook to restart monthly payments from two to three hundred bucks a piece higher for some. That's a ten billion dollar a month payout. With clothing usually first on consumers' cutbacks, UBS bank analysts forecast pain for big brands. American e carters crocs footlocker canada goose gap nordstrom nike steve madden under armor and victoria's secret jp morgan eyeing target which caters to millennials now suffering from both inflation and student loan repayments beginning august 30th therese crowley fox you New. guys
1: love target
2: weird to call us out on the target you one guys, out of it you, like you guys love there.
1: target don't you <laughs>
2: You millennials, like just un well, that's what it was. It was unnecessary targeting in the middle of that soundbite. Come on,
1: <laughs> that play is under review. <laughs> uh, t- I don't know if it was millennials or it was all generations on Sunday, but there were a lot of people who liked targeted Edgewood. I know that thanks to the the line for the self checkout being, as I talked about yeah. yesterday, about twenty people deep. So
2: yeah, it'll be like for me personally because of. What we had through our federal loans and then our private loans, the federal ones going and just hanging out, I've almost got the private ones completely paid off. I'll have yeah. those paid off. And it did I give you a like chance to do that spring. kind of
1: stuff and miss and save on some interest there. Right. Yeah. I,
2: I was able to just take that money that I would have been using to pay both federal and private at the same time, rolled it just directly into private, and it helped me get a little bit of a head there, but then it's like, okay, this is paid off. Oh, this came back.
1: Yep. Yep. So- Retailers are girding, apparently, for this uh, situation. This sorry, thing. Target. Yep, sorry. <laughs> Say goodbye to Caleb for a while and the rest of the millennials.
2: Yep, Just that that's the only one that caters to millennials. <laughs> All
1: right, 6.56, we'll take a break. 54 degrees in the capital city on KLIN.
0: When you're thinking Huskers. scunch toward the end zone, passes. Oh, touchdown! Think, 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1,499.3
1: KLIN. And then I didn't get to get to the extended, extended forecast, but weekend, Saturday, 99, temperature, not heat index, Sunday, August 20th, 100.
2: 100.
1: 100 uh, on, uh,
2: on Sunday. Do we know what we have for volleyball day in Nebraska? We're, oh, still,
1: we're still, we're still I mean, still I can give you down. the, I can give you the AccuWeather,
2: 15 mega
1: days. extended forecast, but I don't think I would probably buy into that too much yet, especially the hour by hour. So we'll see. We will, uh, we'll wait on exactly what we've got there. But I think the the long term forecast, though, kind of the eight to fourteen thing that the National Weather Service puts out, which is not specified day by day, but they kind of said the next 8 to 14 days are looking hotter and drier than normal for this area of the country. So, Dry is the main thing you're probably concerned about even though you'd probably rather it isn't 95 degrees when you go out there on that Wednesday afternoon. So, That's what we got. Alright, Joe Jordan coming up in about 10 minutes. Also your morning drive at 735. It is 54 degrees and 7 o'clock on and Lincoln. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks?
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Hi, greetings. Welcome back. 54 degrees in the capital city at 709. Glad to have you back with us this August 15th, 2023 uh 20 minutes from right now we're gonna count down the five things that you're talking about today i should say half hour 25 minutes from now or so uh we'll be talking about the five things you're gonna be talking about today on the morning drive brought to you by stonebridge insurance and wealth management a little bit later in the show jason ball from the lincoln chamber john baylor uh, voices nebraska volleyball and a whole lot more so stick around but right now it's time to talk nebraska news and politics with news channel nebraska's joe jordan good morning joe how are you doing today
5: Everything's good, Jack. How are
1: you? Good. Glad to uh glad to have you with us. Well, this week uh in local political news uh or or perhaps political isn't quite the word, but uh Nebraska government news, uh the judicial branch for the time being has stopped the challenges of LB 574 for having two subjects. In one single bill, a decision on Friday by Lancaster County District Court uh, threw out the lawsuit for the time being, threw it out, uh, essentially saying this comports with previous case law, that there be one general object, no matter how broad, and that all of the objects, uh, that general object should be related to all parts of the bill. Essentially, uh, I, I guess my my first question for you is uh, how much. Uh, I assume that you and a lot of people expect that there's still a lot of litigation to happen on this, whether it is on this question of single subject or perhaps on other questions related to this bill.
5: There's no doubt that uh, the single subject rule is going to be challenged further. Uh, Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, and others have said they are already made it very clear that they're going to appeal. Uh, the judge's uh, ruling uh, and presumably it will go directly to the uh, state Supreme Court, bypass the court of appeals. Uh, and I say likely to do that because both sides seem to feel that that's where it should go next. Uh, so if, now how long that's going to take? Uh, six months, a year? Uh, not quite sure, uh, but it's, it's certainly on a, on a slow track to get to the, uh, the state Supreme Court. Uh, as you as you were noting the the judge uh Lori moret in, in, in Lancaster county, she basically said uh, you know that the new that the new law does not violate the single subject rule and uh as part of her uh, order, she made it very clear that uh, courts have to be very careful uh not to what she said unduly interfere in the legislative process uh, and, and that's something that the courts will depending on the case. They, they either do interfere in the legislative process or they don't. Um, so in this case, uh, you know, what the bottom line for those who, who, who uh, oppose the new law, uh, their, their biggest concern is, is the short-term health of, of women who, as you say, are uh, leaving the state to, to get other uh, medical care in, in other states. Uh, and, and women who who can't leave the state for financial reasons or whatever are in effect forced to have uh, a child that they don't want to they don't they don't want to have born. Uh, and then of course the other side is that uh, you know uh, the transgender healthcare situation stays as is, and uh, women can now can now get an abortion after 12 weeks in Nebraska. Uh, we don't know where this is all going to end. Uh, Was what's interesting uh, and then and sort of puts Nebraska's Republican Party at odds with the uh, the national Republican view. You know, at the national level, you've got uh, U.S. senators and, and members of Congress, not here, but members of Congress in other states, uh, supporting a uh, 15, uh, possibly the, the 20-week ban that uh, Nebraska used to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some are saying that a 15-week ban would be... Uh, something that they could live with nationally if there were if, if, if this if this become a national issue. So it's you know, it it's 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 kind of where we were uh for the past several months, uh heightened by the fact that we don't know where we're going in this thing and when it's all over.
1: Now yeah and and you know, I I think you're probably right that there's probably going to be more litigation on the single subject rule. But just t- taking what the district court judge said, where she said, as you alluded to, essentially, essentially that the legislature should have some deference in interpreting the rules for itself. Basically, that the judicial branch should should be a little recitant to step into legislative rules um, when they've when they're basically governing themselves on that, and then. Just that that sort of that bottom line rule that I read, and I'll say it. I'll, I'll I'll say it again. This was a quote. She said the rule for legislative bills is that they must have one general object, no matter how broad. Applying that standard here, the court concludes that LB five seventy four is the general object of health care, and that all parts of the bill relate to health care. Those two things combined. Joe make it if I were a legislator and I was thinking about putting something in that was on the line for having multiple subjects in I would not be too worried about it being uh right. being a problem. I mean this is is this is a very I mean there's you're not going to have a whole lot of discouragement of something like this happening and maybe it has some to some degree and we've just paid paid more attention to it right now with this one cuz they're such hot button issues.
5: Well there's no doubt about that but if the if the if the Nebraska Supreme Court Upholds this district court ruling. You're absolutely right that this whole issue of a Christmas tree bill being a problem—it's not. It would not be a problem any 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 more going forward. Now the question is, uh, how how will the, the Nebraska Supreme Court rule? Will they rule on this specific case and indi- and indicate in their in their ruling that whatever whichever way they go on it, it doesn't apply to to other cases. That it's not a precedent-setting situation; it's sort of a, a one-off. The courts have done that in the past at certain times. The, the, probably the most famous one for those of us who, uh, living right now was the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, uh, Gore versus Bush. Uh, they made that they made their decision there and said you can't apply this to any other any other yeah. election situation. Uh, I, I suppose the Nebraska Supreme Court could do something like that because if if if, if, it's, if it's if it's if it's a blanket, anything goes on a bill you know as as i said any any worry about some Christmas tree bill not being legal that that would be off the table absolutely
1: yeah um <laughs> yeah without a without a doubt and then i I asked this question somewhat somewhat tongue in cheek yesterday, but how do you think the uh medical marijuana people are feeling after seeing this decision uh and and basically having their petitions kicked out, not a legislative bill but their petitions kicked out for this yeah. exact reason uh,
5: that yeah without a doubt and i don't know if you if if you guys are aware of this or not but it, it's sort of unrelated but related to this whole medical marijuana thing uh the sarpy county sheriff's office uh sarpy county attorney's office investigators in in different cities uh up here they went into uh three uh of the uh,
3: uh the shops yes <laughs> yes thank
5: you and and found that, <laughs> Dispensaries. that they were selling yeah. they were selling uh thc that was over the legal limit of 0.03 percent in some cases five times higher uh and so i don't know I, I don't think that has any effect on what's taking place on the medical marijuana front but it was interesting to me that that law enforcement here was even taking a look at something like that which was uh, it, it had been discussed a couple of well maybe three or four years ago that some of these shops were you know were, were selling above and beyond the, the legal limit but no one ever really pursued it uh, the uh, Sarpy County attorney tried to shut some of these places down. They didn't really go anywhere. And, uh, but now kind of out of the blue, they did their own internal investigation and found that, according to them, that some of these shops are selling above the legal limit. And, it, it, you know, it, I don't know how that may or may not tie into the medical marijuana uh, petition drive that's out there. Uh, if, it, if it in some respects, I guess you could make the case it could actually help them because now people can yeah. say, Hey, look, see if we get this thing regulated we won 't have these kinds of problems it's yeah but I, it was really an out of the blue investigation that no one around here saw coming
1: it's it 's interesting Joe because it happened in there some there were stores in lincoln uh where it where it happened as well so mm-hmm. uh we had we had talked about it earlier today. The odd thing to me is you know, I know there were hearings um during the session on, on on medical marijuana and uh on you know just talking about marijuana in general i feel like at, at least the policy talk since all of these places and and i assume the same is true of the the omaha area the sarpy county area that these shops have just exploded everywhere is that the case there too like it is in lincoln yes. they're everywhere yeah, they're, right they're, they're yes absolutely everywhere it's like they're having this discussion um, about you know the impact. What, what would the impacts be if you brought medical marijuana? What would be the impacts if you brought recreational marijuana? Like they realize we basically have something very, very akin to that going on right now. You, you've got you've got an experimental situation right now where you can find out exactly what it's like. Uh, it's it's here. It's already here. And the these whether it's got point three percent THC or fifteen percent. THC people are going to be able to the people are going to, be able to have some the same sort of psychedelic experience or not psychedelic but uh, the the sort of mind altering experiences on on that that they would marijuana as well so it's just it's weird that it it doesn't seem to get acknowledged in the whole discussion very often
5: No you you you're right and uh you know there there are some of the I mean I've heard some conservative voices up here in Omaha wondering why why medical marijuana isn't legal, uh, which which is almost fascinating at times because usually this comes down to these sort of a like conservative versus liberal slash progressives, on how you want to believe it. But but there are some of the conservative voices here who are saying you know uh, regulate it, let medical marijuana you know for those who need it uh, be be available. Uh, so I you know it, it, Nebraska is I you know one way the. I would think one way or the other, sooner or later, the state's going to have it. Uh, to what degree, I don't know. But as you said, in many respects, it's already there. But
1: I guess you know, me putting what I'm saying another way is, I'm almost surprised there is if if there is a you know a fight against me- medical marijuana. I'm surprised there isn't a stronger fight in in closing whatever legal allowances there are for these existing stores. Like I, I don't know. I, have you heard any talk about that in a legislative session? No. Uh, j- changing the rules on you know i know the farm bill is what allowed this but i'm sure states states can do their own own things to to make these things illegal or or those sorts of things and i don't hear a lot of momentum for that maybe it's there and i'm just not hearing it but that's always fascinating to me too so
5: well, i haven't heard as well so
1: there um you go. Uh all right last question for you and this is more we normally don't talk a lot of national stuff but I'm I'm just curious on your perspective in this um of course another indictment last night from the state of Georgia for Trump and several other people and and uh, my opinion on that from a legal perspective is there's no way that thing's getting done in 6 months <laughs> if you have that many defendants there's just there's no way um that trial itself could be 6 months long um but but my jury selection could be six months before. seriously i the people who are talking right now and talking about that trial starting before the primaries i can't even uh, yeah. maybe something's different is happening in those georgia courts that i'm not aware of but i can't imagine that for that case that said though whether no matter where that one is in the process you got three other ones too that are going on you're gonna have the primary joe once the calendar flips from december to january in a few months You're going to be right in. You're going to have that New Hampshire primary, I think, right away. Iowa caucuses shortly after that. You're going to have all of these cases getting deeper and deeper into the discovery and pretrial mode, and maybe some of them going towards trial. I think my only point, and this isn't really a question, my only point is next year is going to be completely crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's going to be insane with all of these things happening at the same time.
5: Well, the the odd thing is that and I think this is I think this is fair to say, regardless of which side of the political law you, you, you're on, ever since Donald Trump came down the golden stairway in 2015, yeah. nothing has been the same. Yeah. Uh, and just when you think you've seen it all, here comes another chapter. And this is the next chapter. Uh, I mean, you can see you can see the split screen moments uh, of, of 2024 where either, either, could, you know, Donald Trump is walking into a courtroom uh, or you know and uh, and then on the other side of the screen someone's you know counting the votes in New Hampshire uh it's just it, it it's crazy and, and and I keep waiting and I maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm waiting for Godot here but I keep waiting for some of these nine or 10 other republican candidates to say at some point you know that they're not that they're not with Trump that what he that that he can't be the candidate uh, but basically you've got you know uh the former governor of arkansas asa hutchinson you've got chris christie uh and there might be one other that i'm not thinking of off the top of my head that are that are that are on the attack against trump but everybody else isn't and you wonder well why are you why are you even running i mean if you, if you, if trump uh, is okay with you why are you running for why are you running against trump it two
1: words vice president <laughs>
5: Yeah,
1: that's yeah. my oh, guess.
5: Yeah, Pence was the other one I couldn't think of this.
1: Yeah, Pence and Trump, right? uh, Will Heard from Texas is another Will one. Hurd but from Texas. he's kind of yeah. a minor, uh, yeah. minor candidate right now. I don't even know if he'll be on the debate stage. But yeah, yeah. that calendar flips from Decem- December to January next year, and buckle up, <laughs> buckle. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a. It's going to be. A, I mean, frankly, in all seriousness, it's going to be a bit of a stress test for our country, which we've kind of already had, but. We'll see. And that doesn't even mention, heck, the potentially impeachments of Biden they're talking about as well. And you got everything going on with Hunter Biden as well. And another court, you know, set of judicial dramas. Um, it's going to be an interesting year in 2024, without, a doubt. So without a doubt. So I guess enjoy yeah. the calm before the storm to the extent that <laughs> exists right now. Hey, great to talk to you, Joe. Thank you for the insight. I appreciate it. We'll check in again next week. All right. Thanks, Jack. Take care. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. 725, we'll take a break. More after this on KLIN. Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free
4: KLIN app. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help.
0: The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1,499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, let's get things started today with
3: number five. Earlier this year, Lincoln Police conducted compliance checks. That's similar to the alcohol compliance checks. But They did these at 10 Lincoln Smoke Shops. They were contacted by concerned citizens, and based on lab testing, According to uh, LPD spokesperson Eric Thomas, five of the shops were determined to be selling statutorily prohibited substances. So the investigation got underway and is still going on. Um,
1: <laughs> okay, so they are going over this 0.3% THC uh, of Delta 9 THC, which is illegal according to the Farm Bill. It's kind of a. It, it, it's a little odd because it doesn't prevent. It doesn't particularly prevent the volume of it that people ingest. It's just a percentage. It's a volume, so I don't know that it's even that significant of a of a prohibition on people getting overly high or or, or whatever that might be. Um, and so I, it, it it leads me to the same question that I, be, I keep asking and I feel like I feel like no one is discussing right so we have got we have got these shops we have got these places in Lincoln in the state tapping it up in Omaha too as Joe Jordan said and they are legally or slightly illegally selling these you know these edibles or things you can smoke I, I imagine vapes too that that are going to give people a psychoactive experience right and they're everywhere and then we're sitting and having debates on you know in the places where we're discussing policy in the legislature itself about you know regular diesel marijuana and whether or not it should be available on a medical basis whether it should be legalized whether it should be not legalized Oh what would be the impacts of all of these things if we brought them in? And at least for the people who are opposed to those, especially who are opposed to medical marijuana, I don't quite understand why they're not why there isn't a full-blown effort to make these sales that are legal illegal. And the ones that are illegal, keep them illegal and have those enforced. That that is what I do not understand is that there is this passion to stop medical marijuana but I haven't heard anything that I know of to stop all of these other dispensaries that are going on right now where people can walk in right now and and get all of these things as well including apparently some that don't quite hit the percentage levels that they're supposed to am, am, am I the only one on this like is, is, there, is there a movement afoot and listen I'm not trying to close down local businesses or anything like that I'm not even saying I support that 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 they should be doing that but to me that's the first discussion you should be having if you're wondering what the impact is what the impact would be of having medical marijuana and having you know some or some level of recreational recreational marijuana i mean you kind of got it right now
2: well yeah, you, you that,
1: ask law enforcement what the, what the effects are see what right. they're dealing with
3: i think that the difference is is that this is a law that's on the books and if it's being broken Uh, at this level uh, medical marijuana and recreational are going to be at higher levels and so it's an enforcement issue now as opposed to a legalization issue
1: all i'm saying is even uh, you're right i think you're right about that but
3: the technical aspects
1: yeah I, i think you're right about that i'm just saying i think the impacts the impacts that are talked about for those other policies you're seeing at least, I think, a pretty close. I don't know if it's exactly apples to apples, but it's pretty close. You can see them right now. There is an. At, we've got an example. We've got a test case essentially with this whole thing, and the the first order of business before you stop medical marijuana, honestly, would be would be stopping these if that's your your real concern. To me,
3: unless maybe not, I'm not understanding what um, the what the position is exactly, and maybe it's just there's not a lot of concern about. it. That's what I don't understand.
1: Yeah, yeah. Why is the concern such it, it, only in one place, but not the other? Uh, if that's if that's the case, but nonetheless, we'll see what happens. Just back to the original story, Mark. Um, so this is a situation where this was was they they were acting on some tips. They went forward. They haven't made any arrests. These stores are still open, from what I understand. Well, and corporate, corporate attorney
3: forward. for the one store or the one uh, group of stores said that they were not aware of, of the products that supposedly they bought products, the way I understand it anyway, they had bought products that were supposedly under the limit. Right. And so they're they're looking at their suppliers would be my guess.
1: It's kind of, it's also a little dumb though, like, I'm sorry, but like I get it, the thing is point the limit is point three, but it's like the difference between a, a beer that's got 4% and a beer that's got 6%. To some degree, just, the, the higher the quantity, the more that you, the more that people get, essentially. So, and then they, so. Anyway, just uh,
2: legalize it, tax it. What was it? Gaming receipts up ten percent. Man,
1: yep. I mean, li- uh, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's why too. This this stuff is legal. This stuff is being taxed, right? The stuff that's legal right now, and mm-hmm. I'd be curious too. That part of it, what is the economic impact of that? What are the tax impacts of yeah. that?
3: Well, it's got to be... All of those questions, got, I think, are legitimate, too, but... It's got to be significant with the number of uh, uh, break-ins at vape shops that we've been reporting uh, in the past couple of months and, and how how quickly two or three people can run in, grab handfuls, and be out with several thousand dollars worth of products.
1: Yeah, that's... it. Yeah, that, that's... Good. And, and some of them, uh, some of those are, like just nicotine i think Mm -hmm. and then some of them sort of dabble in both sides of that that whole thing but no matter what no matter what they do i'll tell you what they've got some of those flags that you stick in the ground because for some reason if you open one of those shops you got to get those flags so everyone can see the wind
2: those in
3: super green
2: neon signs
3: number four new drug testing policy uh, as students head back to class and creep Uh, Only, though, if you are driving to school and have a parking pass or involved in competitive after-school activities. But this is a policy put into effect uh, by the school board, drawn some concern from parents.
1: Oh, by the way, not to connect one and two together, but do you think they might be? (laughs) Like, what do you think they're finding with these tests? I mean, they're not finding cocaine, guys. They're probably not finding a whole lot of LSD. I guarantee what they're finding yeah. are THC vapes and edibles. Sure. I guarantee it. So, I mean,
3: that's... wonder if there's any vape shops in Greene.
1: I don't know. Probably is. I, I would be Most shocked likely, if there yeah. wasn't. Yeah. I'd be shocked. It's a college town, too. So, I'd be completely shocked if it wasn't. Here's the thing about this is, I think some of the parents were like, whoa, their, their athletes or the people, their kids who had a parking pass came home and they had to sign basically signed this thing to acquiesce to this and they are like, whoa, we did not, you're going to be randomly testing testing these students uh, every, every month. You're going to have a handful of students that get tested and they felt like they weren't really involved in the process and I think that would be a little surprising as a parent. Now, the school side of it is basically saying, hey, we're having issues with it, this. What does that mean exactly? I'm not totally sure, but we're having issues with this and We want to be able to address that. We think this is the best way to address it and help kids that need help by finding out when it's happening. Uh, Caleb, I'm kind of interested just in your your thoughts on this, just as an as an athlete and as you know, having being involved in all the you know being involved in a a place where if you were an athlete, right? This this could happen. Oh, this could happen, and having parent who's a coach and all of these things yeah
2: i, I think there's there's a couple different aspects to it one I, it says competitive after school activities it doesn't say sports so that means if, if somebody debate yeah if someone's doing debate good point. play production yeah. those things those people are, are going to be and you, it's
1: also if you have a parking pass, yeah and if you
2: just have a parking if pass. you're driving it's yeah. basically
1: I, I think the reason they did that is to make sure that there aren't people who are impaired who are right. driving
2: and that makes sense so i i'm kind of for me there's the one side that I have been drug tested a lot in my life because I did college athletics. Yeah, that's the other. And reason. when you, when you are a guy who gets to college and you are as skinny as I am and has some success, things start to look a little bit quirky. On oh, maybe that guy's not all on the up and up. I passed every drug test. I never did any illicit drugs, but not all of those tests super seemed random. And that that becomes some of my concern with some of this is that it says random. Will it truly be random? The other part of that is I was 18 when I was getting drug tested. I was an adult. Mm -hmm. What is that when you have a 14-year-old? I guess you've got 7th and 8th graders in there, so even younger than that. That part concerns me. It also concerns me on the taxpayer side of it, the amount of money going to this when you've seen plenty of other places put this much money into a drug testing program at their school and just not have anything turn up because if you're not doing a widespread net of drug testing, your odds of finding something are very, very small already. And then you add that part into it. And I know they said that there have been problems But, like, how how big are the problems for this to be just a slight deterrent to a couple of people?
1: Uh, Every month, a random group of 15, 20 students will be chosen um, to do that. And so that'll happen throughout the months, I suppose, of the school years. Yeah. You can do the math. I think they talked about something like 400 tests uh, that were going to be there. Um, Yeah, just sort of fill in some of the blanks there.
2: Yeah, I just just don't anticipate them finding a whole lot. But as, as somebody who... Who had a dad who was a coach and me doing this in high school, it would have just been fine. I, I guess I, I have to go get drug tests. How about
1: that? Though no, they're testing not only for illicit drugs, but illicit for everyone, but yeah. also alcohol and tobacco.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Any of those kids who chew out there? Any kids chew in Crete? You think? <laughs> I mean,
3: I bet at the high school level, it's it's more along the like line of uh, vaping. And, yeah,
1: well, now, nicot- prob- nicotine. Yeah, probably probably vaping. But that would be. I assume that would come up. The, yep. ni- the nicotine. And would, does it? Does come, it yeah, say nicotine it, is the test too. Does so. it say it
2: all? The process of contacting those students and because for us, like when I'm getting when I was getting drug tested in college, you would get a call late at night, like you're going to bed, yeah, and you get a call and you have to be for us you had to be at the the rec center six in the morning uh-huh. so like you there's almost no warning so like if you were out doing something good luck right. you're caught like they got you
3: yeah, yeah that's what, what it was when right. I was driving commercially mm-hmm. we'd get a call and you had to report within two hours
2: mm-hmm.
3: so. all right well we'll uh by the, by the way there's something like 12. Ten to twelve, maybe fifteen vape stores in Crete. <laughs> <According laughs> that sounds to, about right. According to Yelp and the Yellow is, Pages. All right, sounds.
2: Eric and Lincoln wants to know if Crete's going to use Fleck Bucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man! All right, moving on. No comment.
3: Number three, Woods Park, right down the road here on O Street, uh, has been a little bit of a contentious issue for maybe seventy years. Land actually donated to the city and designated for public use but some debate about how the land can be used and now there's a dispute over expanding tennis courts
1: yeah they they were gonna add some additional courts out there that their cor- current courts are full this has always kind of been the mecca of tennis in lincoln nebraska and there are people out there that saying, whoa we want the green space we want to keep Keep woods green here, and there's kind of a neighborhood dispute about about this whole thing um yeah it's it's interesting i don't know that i've got a real strong position in it on it because when I- when I think of Wood's Park for better or for worse the first thing I think of is the big diving boards at the swimming pool the <laughs> towers the towers that are going on so but if you were living if it was you're in the neighborhood I can absolutely see why that would be something you're you have a vested interest in as well so isn't it interesting though man that the Any kind of racket sports in this city right now? seem The temperature seems to be really high on proposals with racket sports. Is it just me or is the tennis and pickleball community and everything that's going on with expansion and courts and where they are? It's it's a little hotter than
3: it feels like it probably should be with all of that stuff. I I wonder if some people, though, have been actually there have been some golf courses closed in the past few years. I wonder if some of those people, as they age, are just moving into other sports.
1: Man, I don't know. Have you tried to get a tee time in Lincoln recently? you n- good luck. Yeah, good I, luck I, if you're not if you're if you're trying to get a tee time on Saturday morning. I hope you're ready to tee off at eight fifteen p.m.
2: Yeah, I think, and this is a, somebody who just I hear from people. I don't actually golf myself unless somebody wants to help me out with that. I think Lincoln's underserved with its golf courses, with we, trying to get onto public courses. From the people that I talked to on trying to get, like, just any tee times over the course of good weather in the summer.
1: Which is interesting. They were going to close Highland and sell Highlands a few years ago. I for- completely forgot about that. Mm-hmm. But I don't golf much, but whenever my fa- this always happens. My father-in-law comes in and he wants to golf, and we try and make a tee time then. The last minute, Friday night or Saturday morning, good luck. Yeah. Good luck, unless you're a single, or you want to go, like I said, in the evening during certain parts of the year. I'm sure it's better if the weather's not Are
2: you able to just go out there and say, hey, I'm not really golfing. Can I just drive the car Uh, along with a couple of groups? uh,
1: Okay. That's interesting you asked that. The last time you was here, I paid to golf at Mahoney. We did get on at Mahoney. They they were having a tournament. Yeah, this is is why I referenced that. We got on at Mahoney, and I uh, got on the first tee, and I hit it completely off the, the elbow it went into a fence, and I just put my club in my bag, and I said, "I'm just going to enjoy the day. <laughs> just going to. I'm. I'm going to be out here. I'm going to enjoy it more if I'm not golfing and I'm watching you guys. And so that's what I did.
3: But this racket sports is really. Uh... The, the takeoff on it has been pickleball.
1: Yeah, the, the, yes, I just that, it's, that's it's, a, that's true. It's the pickleball tennis discussion, but yeah. it feels like there's a little bit of that in this too. Maybe not, yeah. not the pickleball so much, but just the courts, what they are, where they are, and how many they need for these sports. And I don't have a side or a position on it to be honest. It's just my only note is that it, it's it is something that people are more passionate about racket sports than I realize. Yeah, I
3: just know that tennis is the loudest sport there is. <laughs>
1: okay. It's just awful. Uh, try racquetball. That's loud if you're in the room. No, too.
3: It, in tennis, everybody raises a racket. When's
1: racquetball coming uh, back? Uh, by uh, the he, way,
3: he, he made a pun.
1: Oh, it raises a racket. Yeah, I heard it. Oh, it was a joke. <laughs> Number
3: one. <laughs> I'm busy thinking
1: of which sports are the loud, loudest. All right.
3: The owner of uh, the of di- uh, dish downtown is going to be on uh, Food Network tonight. Uh, Rachel McGill, Lincoln native, executive chef and owner participated in uh, one of their events uh, last fall actually but it airs tonight chopped yeah chopped and very it's, cool there's a watch party down on the cube but it's on chopped at 7 central tonight all right check it. I watch that show a lot
1: I also Very think I cool. would do. I also think uh, just regular old people sometimes would be better than actual chefs because that's what we do. We
2: have more experience we, with we, those. Well, items.
1: we got here's the random crap that we have in our uh, cupboard right now. What are you going to make out I, of
3: it? I was talking to Chris and, and uh, Chris and his wife are good friends with yeah. parents. So
1: cool. Yep, sounds like uh, sounds like a good family and exciting exciting situation here. So hopefully she does well. We don't know yet. We'll find out soon.
3: Number one, Land. Now in the finals, American Legion Series, World Series.
1: Yeah, Shelby, North Carolina. I kept saying Boone. It's Shelby, North Carolina. And got got one hit yesterday, but they won. So I guess that's what you can do when you give up one run over three games from a pitching staff.
2: Nebraska, Texas for it all, 6 o'clock ESPNU.
1: Got a lot of local TV to watch tonight to cheer on your Lincolnites, whether it's cooking or baseball. 756, we'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.
0: When you're thinking Huskers... Boy, Nebraska, pinch yourselves. What a rally. The Huskers pouring it on. It's 11-4 in the first. Think. 1,499-3. K-L-I-N.
8: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes... Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.
4: You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3
1: KLIN. Alright, greetings, welcome back 57 degrees in the capital city on your Tuesday morning This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends On KLIN We've got John Baylor joining us About 25 minutes from right now The voice of Nebraska volleyball As we are two weeks in one day My math is right 15 days away from Volleyball day in Nebraska Or as Matt Rule called it, volleyball day in America
2: In America
1: <laughs> He's, He likes to think big uh, there, but we'll talk to uh, John, and, and maybe just as important, um, actually starting the season with games coming up in 10 days from now, as uh-huh. the Nebraska volleyball team as well. So we'll check in with John Baylor coming up at 8.35, but right now it's time to talk to Jason Ball from Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Good, today, Jack. Thanks. Uh, it's, uh, man, all of the things, I, I think I talked to you about this before, but it's just in, August has just become such a busy month in the city with... Events and, and, you know, obviously it's kind of a transition time in a lot of ways, but there's, there's also just, it seems like it's become a time of year where there's just a lot going on here in town. Throw it in August.
7: Why not? It's, it's the catch all for all the big things we want to do this year.
1: We got, I mean, we got the stadium full for a volleyball game. We got an air show coming. We've got, we have the county fair going on. We've got. Um, probably more things a lot of concerts i mean the big, one of shows. the biggest months yeah. of concerts that lincoln's ever had we just completed
7: uh, two weeks of hamilton hamilton yeah.
1: yeah i went twice um yeah it's you're right there's there's just been a ton going on right now so it's an exciting time to be here and that kind of dovetails a little bit in, into what we're talking about but that's about businesses that are expanding in Lincoln, and kind of increasing their footprint or increasing the things that they're doing or their affiliations right now. And let's start with Zoetis. For people who don't know, um, they just cut ribbon on a new expansion last week. Um, yeah. Jason, tell us a little bit about about what I think people are generally familiar. You know that they're in town. I know people who work there, but it sounds like they've got an expansion coming up now.
7: Oh yeah, so they just they just completed it, cut the ribbon. Uh, they wanted to uh, celebrate it with the ribbon cutting. Over over the congressional holiday. So Senator Ricketts was on hand along with uh, uh, Mayor Leary and Gaylor Baird to cut the ribbon and celebrate the the milestone achievement there. And this is another, w- what I think um, people may not know about that Zoetis campus and, and previously Pfizer and before that mm-hmm. Norton Labs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it sits on just under 150 acres. Um, in total built square footage, it's over a million square feet on that campus. And it employs uh, now close to 950 wow. people. Wow. Uh, and, and their their new uh, center that they they open, and i 'm going to say this with apologies for pronunciations to anyone from Soedus that might be hearing this yeah. uh, but a new monoclonal vaccine uh, research facility, and these are vaccines uh, predominantly for our household pets, dogs for, animals. Uh, for, yeah. the, for the most part, they do make a, a cattle product and and, uh, and they 're looking to get into uh, other animal lines as well and it's just it 's amazing tech based work. That happens, and so their CEO, uh, Kristen Peck, was was out to celebrate the uh, achievement along with several people from their executive suite and and many of their colleagues uh, joined too. It was just a really special day to see happen out. So there.
1: that thing keeping your uh, dog or cat healthy might uh, might have come from Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, very yes. exciting. Yeah, we're, we're uh, taking to the vet. Cytopoint point
7: for a <laughs> topic dermatitis. Just oh, I to love name that one. stuff, and love I've that got stuff. a list of like seven here. That's great stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> really take really takes out the. Dermatological problems for dogs. Anyway, uh, but nonetheless, I, I, I'm interesting. I'm, I'm interested because you talked kind of about that history um, from you know being Pfizer and even going going further back. And they've obviously continued to keep operations in Lincoln. They've expanded. They've continued to expand yeah. operations in Lincoln. The growth has been really consistent during their time here. What is I guess kind of what take us inside maintaining that relationship with a not necessarily that one specifically, but maintaining that relationship with a company, because I'm sure there are offers right out there. I'm sure there are thoughts at times for any business saying, hey, you know, we need to evaluate where we need to be. Are there are there different opportunities? Can we do more in other places here? Um, I'm, that's, I'm sure, one thing that's on your mind and so, and something that you do. What does that relationship look like with these businesses that are big, that are big employers, and that will look to expand in the future?
7: Yeah, always. I, I think the first answer to that, Jack, is is number one, it's just good old-fashioned retail politics, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. no, knowing your site leader out here, it's Chris Rasmussen. He's very involved in uh, the chamber and in the community and just making sure that you have that that first-touch local extension. Uh, Betty Mason is a member of our board. She actually has company-wide responsibility, but is based out of out of Lincoln. And so, uh, making sure that we have those local connections, I think, is is number one. And here's where I'll, I'll be clear: anything I'm saying moving forward is not 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 uh, specifically focused on Zoetis, but any time you have a company uh, that's got multiple locations and <clears throat> Zoetis, global in reach, they're an 8.1 billion dollar company and 13,000 plus. Uh, associates, uh, worldwide. Big company. And so not only, um, you know, do we have to worry about, and again, this is not happening. This is a hypothetical. Right. But, uh, company XYZ, if they have a similar profile, not only do we have to worry about, uh, you know, some other state or, or community saying, hey, you know, we'd like to recruit you to do an expansion uh, somewhere else instead of Lincoln. But any company that has other facilities worldwide, they're going to have choices about where they want to make that investment as well. And so, again, a community's number one way to get out in front of that is to make sure that you've got relationships with them, that you understand yeah. Their business model and their needs that you're helping them as much as you're able to with difficult things like workforce, and with things like infrastructure needs or uh, uh, electric system reliability or or their their water system delivery. All these are hypotheticals again. I'm not. Uh-huh. I'm not. Uh, but it's the type of things. Specifics. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Is what is that? What are those conversations
1: generally? like what you know what do you need to do to maintain the possibility
7: for Zoetas doing what they're doing here? yeah and in, um, in my career jack i've done everything from moving rail lines to to helping people uh, reevaluate how to uh, with engineers how to turn on and off their equipment in the morning Uh, So, they don't have electric spikes. I mean, solutions uh, are are really broad there. Um, But we're so proud to have, you know, again, major companies and and again, a a major corporate presence like Soetis is a really big deal.
1: Yeah. what, What do you think? I don't want you to put words in their mouth, but what do you think has been made them you know kept them here essentially right when they yeah. probably have have had options
7: yeah um well in in here I'll, I'll try to use as close as i can to quotes or reasons that they they cited yeah. but Kristen peck was talking with the uh, mayor and myself again ceo of S and you know what makes lincoln work for for you and she says look we have a, a really high success rate in recruiting talent to lincoln which of course was music to my ears because we're uh in the middle of a really challenging season in the life of this community in Mm -hmm. terms of having enough workforce. So to to hear a corporate Leaders say, you know, we love Lincoln. It's a high productivity facility. They they really are satisfied sure. with the productivity that they they get out of this facility. As are many of our other corporate partners here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to hear her say that they feel like Lincoln is actually an asset to them for recruitment uh, for people that are uh, in a stage and time of life and they're looking to, you know, have the the wonderful experience that it is to live and grow in Lincoln.
1: Yeah. Cool,
7: man. Big employee, nine hundred people, huh? Yeah. Wow.
1: Um, and then another, and, 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 this is kind of a collaboration slash expansion too. And, um, and, uh, there was a little bit, there was some, some news coverage on this as well. And, uh, that's Huddle, um, making a partnership with, uh, a place called Primrose. Uh, which I understand is um, is some child development uh, child type development type facility. I'd seen the signs up for over a year that they had over there, but this has just
7: happened. What what can you tell us about this? Yeah, so Primrose had a, a presence in the community and I, I think two locations for for quite some time now. Betsy Tana just, uh just uh, leads that organization, and, and full disclosure, she is also a member of our board. And we're mm-hmm. thrilled to have her there. Um, but uh, I think everybody knows that the nature of work changed during COVID. And one of those challenges really became if you are an employee in a situation you don't know exactly what you're going to do with your kids the whole day or don't feel entirely comfortable with them there or, pardon me, if you have daycare and uh, your daycare provider gets sick or there's an outbreak of, of COVID amongst the, the kids at that daycare, there's any any number of disruptions. And so there's a real new... Uh, push, and it was part of our strategic plan. If you recall me talking about this in the Vitality Lincoln strategy as well, uh, to do more to connect uh, the private sector and businesses with early childhood education and and pre K development. And and I've I've gotten a lot of uh, surprise faces when I share that, but I will tell you. There are many employers, not all, who have expressed to us, "Look, this is a challenge because mm-hmm. I lose people to more sick days because of their kids, not actually because they're sick, or I lose people to absenteeism from other ways related to this daycare stuff." And so, I got to give great credit to to Huddle and 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 the team in that Huddle Nelnet building down there. They they said, "Look, let's find a way to convert this first floor into a high quality." Uh, early Childhood Enrichment Center through Primrose, right. and they they established that partnership. We were able to cut the ribbon on it. They've got kids in there now. It's the cutest thing in that whole building uh, <laughs> to see them running around. We had a really fun uh, ribbon cutting. With well, and, and I'm sh- I'm sure
1: part of it. I mean, I'm sure they do a great job, but uh, part of it too is location, I assume as well. You know, to, to be where people are working
7: well, essentially. And they they had a really compelling. Uh, talk from one of their employees at the ribbon cutting saying, look, I am a new first time mom and the ability to leave my brand new infant just downstairs so that I can get back to work with uh, confidence and comfort in that process is a huge deal. And I think Huddle and many other companies are realizing this is a competitive workforce um, issue for people. You can recruit on that, uh, particularly if you're uh, trying to recruit um, young men and women that are in that early uh, family development stage of life and so for them it's, it's a big big win This is why I always tell Caleb to bring his daughter here and just let her run around the building I, I think That's what I be. do
2: <laughs> and You know what she wants to do? Run up and down the stairs. It's not safe here. <laughs> I, I would not. I would not. This is an adult uh, building. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: really good. Uh, well, that, that's 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 uh, cool. And yeah, I can't imagine that. Kind of the peace of mind there. The peace of mind when you're just
7: starting that and just like you said, being being right in the same building yeah. in, uh, or very close the, for, for a lot of these. The people. other thing I'll just tack onto this real quick, Jack, is this is another example of the private sector leading. Uh, there's a lot of ideas out there about how to expand daycare services through uh, various bills or regulations mm-hmm. or, or uh, government funding mechanisms, and those are all going to have an appropriate place uh, done in a pro-business way, we hope, and we're advocating for those types of things, too. But, but really the easiest solution is when you have companies that are in a situation like this where they can expand their systems. They benefit from that increased competitiveness in a uh, difficult workforce environment, and, and, uh, and, and it's a private sector solution.
1: And then uh, last but not least, I saw a little bit of the news coverage on the uh, federal legislative summit uh that that went on. Uh just kind of tell us about this, what, what were the topics of conversation were, what people were interested in talking about and how it went.
7: Yeah, I you know, I want to lead with uh I promise, for those that weren't there, we talked about a lot more than just immigration policy. Yeah. <laughs> uh that's that's kind of the the topic yeah, I, that was. That was the rose. stuff I read, yeah. Yeah. Um now, and, and for those that, you know, may not have seen that, we, we did ask our, our delegation and, and thank you again to our delegation. All of them were able to be there this year except for Don Bacon. He had some pre-existing, uh, travel arrangements that he could not, uh, move around, but, uh, the rest of the delegation was able to be there. We had a really robust conversation and, uh, appreciate their time in doing that. Um, it, it, we had, um, we had a representative of the U.S. Chamber come out and, and talk about some of the work they're doing specifically related to writ large um, immigration-related policy. Not just immigration at our our southern border or from any one uh, country mm-hmm. or nationality, uh, but uh, writ large, how are we addressing this as 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 a nation? Because we just know national birth rates are not keeping up to fuel the economy that we want to have with future mm-hmm. workforce. It's just it's a simple mathematical yeah. issue. Um, and so that that led into a really great discussion. We did ask our delegation about that, and 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 I appreciate the delegation's uh, measured approach on this, and they're really pragmatic about understanding that. Look, there are currents in washington d c right now uh, where people are much 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 more focused almost exclusively sometimes on border security and then you have another uh, end of the spectrum where they're much much more focused on look we we need to bring people in for various different kinds of reasons mm-hmm. um, you know obviously, the business community continues to believe that we can both walk and chew gum at the same time we can have both border security um, as well as expand our legal uh pathways towards coming into the country for people that want to come here and and build a life but i promise that wasn't the entire discussion <laughs> there were other things that were being discussed yeah. as well i'm sure well it's a, i mean it's it's a it's interesting to fuse just
1: because of where the job market is right now in the workforce you know development issues that are so widespread over the entire country really yeah it infuses a little bit of a different Flavor into this debate this discussion that's been going on for years and frankly the federal government hasn't done much about but um now now it feels like it is kind of a necessary component of that discussion too yeah um which is a little bit different than it was in the past
7: and and i want to i want to give senator fisher credit for uh she does so much work in the um Oh, gosh, I'm going to misname the committee. It's uh, uh, our, our National Defense Committee that yes. she serves on in the Senate and with apologies. Armed Forces Committee. Thank you very much. And so she does excellent work there, and, and, and she really connected the two issues and said, listen, we need to be pragmatic about this because it is a dangerous world, uh, was her, her phrase that she used, and, and, and uh, certainly wasn't casting aspersions on on folks coming into the, the country trying to improve their lives. But at the same time, we, we need to be careful about how we open up those pathways and and I again I think this is achievable for the most advanced industrialized nation in the world uh, that that we can do this and mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, through our partners with the state chamber our partners with the Omaha Chamber of Commerce and others you know we're we're going to continue to encourage conversations wrapped around this because for us again it is a workforce issue and we need to right. figure out how to solve that we also hit on infrastructure talked about things like East Beltway that we really want to get built and I'm I'm fully confident we're going to have some support from them and then uh uh, uh, congressman flood had that amazing uh uh, flyover country fintech conference and just did an an amazing job and you know running through things like ai and web 3.0 and all these technologies that are headed right around the corner that i can't understand Mm -hmm. and my kids are going to have to explain to me someday yeah, absolutely. All right, we are
1: out of time, Jason. Great to talk to you. Great to get a rundown on these exciting things happening in the capital city and uh look forward to chatting with you again in a couple weeks. Good luck, all right. Jack, thanks so much. Yo, Jason Ball, lincoln Chamber of Commerce 826, we'll take a break. Geleb's got sports next on KLI.
8: Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket?
0: waking babies in the north bottoms and then helping them ace the act since the 90s it's the voice of nebraska volleyball john baylor
1: now i bet i bet uh we were talking about college drop-off stories yesterday caleb and i were as i was getting ready to Uh drop off my son and caleb and i both went places outside of our hometown and Mom and dad took off and said goodbye and then it was, Hey, I don't I don't really know anybody here. This is uh this is gonna be interesting. It's li- it just it, it uh it felt kind of scary looking back on it. Um I I bet our next guest, I bet John Baylor, bet he's got an interest. he was going way out west for college. And uh I <laughs> bet that well, what was drop off day like for you to the extent you were a member at J B?
6: I was with a Lincoln friend and his sister, and they drove me from Lincoln to Palo Alto. No parental involvement. It was a different era. Oh my gosh! Oh, different era. Yeah, I uh, I packed a couple bags and I showed up, and then my friend dropped me off, and he proceeded to Berkeley and Santa Cruz, where his sister and he were attending college. I turned around and realized I am all alone. But this isn't an era where When kids walked to school by themselves, they went to college by themselves, they cleaned their rooms by themselves, uh, they delivered newspapers by themselves, the parents were involved, they were under the same roof, but there wasn't quite the puppeteer role back then. We were kind of on our own, largely. It taught us some good lessons, but sometimes I, I wish my dad and mom had been there, and that was wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was, I, I remember that now, like, you know, and, and everybody's got it different. There were probably kids in my era that had this too, but, uh, we dropped my son off and he knew, he knew like 20 people there already, including like 10 oh. people who are living in the same building already that, that he was. And, and, uh, I was like, well, don't, you know, you've got that, you've got that now. And, uh. That'll Uh, be a little bit of a different experience.
6: I bet they were all like pointing each other, "Hey, let's be study partners. Hey,
1: library, let's roll." (laughs) That's right. I think that's. I. I. They. He was like, "Dad, Mom, it's time for you to go home. It's library time. I want to get. I want to go buy my books and start getting a head start on those things."
6: And I can't believe it. Love library closes at eleven. Come on, keep that (laughs) place open. And can someone keep the volume down the hallway? Jeez, these speakers.
1: Uh, yeah, they got that new other secondary library. They got a Dunkin' Donuts in there now. How about that? Thank,
6: good- thank goodness you want that sugar. I mean, that's just healthy. <laughs> Boy, Dunkin' Donuts right there with the Love Library. Yeah, now you you don't even choose a college anymore until you check out the student union, see what fast food joints are there. And thank goodness they have decent health care plans in these colleges.
1: <laughs> oh, my good, Yeah, don't even... Yeah, the dining. Uh, the, I and I haven't toured a lot of schools. I've got to imagine at some of these places the uh, the food courts that the 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 eating situation that everybody's paying for is amazing. Yeah, uh, it'd be it'd be uh, it'd be nice. Freshman fifteen Instead, can, can be a real thing. Trip, it's to
6: save the trip to Krispy Kreme. Just grab a, a sugar container and just start pouring it right down the thorax. <laughs>
1: oh well it's exciting it's it, the the campus felt vibrant yesterday jB it there was finally people <laughs> oh. there we got we had we had parents there from from Nebraska states all over looking and carrying stuff around we had the the sororities all filled with uh with girls in pink shirts doing some kind of activity for the the rush pledge process it was exciting I love,
6: exciting. It. I love it. beginning of school there's a lot of hope I mean Nobody has uh, failed a test. Nobody's missed a homework assignment. Nobody's talked back to any teachers. Nobody yet has used generative AI to produce a a paper they're supposed to write by themselves. I mean, it it makes you think things are going to go well. Like, maybe this is the year. Maybe this year they all put it together. And maybe the frat row guys could maybe be well-behaved this year. That'd be kind of a nice deal, too.
1: Yeah, that that would be... uh... That would be good. Um, all right, let's hit let's hit a little volleyball. Let's hit a little volleyball right now. It was interesting. Uh, let, let's talk some wider stuff here before we narrow down a little bit on what's going on with the, the team and the camp and, and the games that are coming up here in about a week and a half right now. I did see uh, John Cooks out there. He's saying, hey, let's get the Big Ten up to 20. Let's get two more teams in the Big Ten. He's, he's embracing the expansion in a way that it seems like a lot of – a lot of other coaches aren't, and I'm not saying coaches at Nebraska, but coaches generally are not as much, which I I think is kind of interesting. I I, I think volleyball is in just a unique a unique position where this conference is going to provide a completely different situation than you have in any other sport. How so? I just that you've got so much domination concentrated in a single conference, as yeah. in, as All in right. more than half of the national championships. I believe the number is that have ever been won. And you can say what you want, you know, SECs amazing in football, right? Um, but it's that's not even that stat. No. It's nothing like that. It's nothing like
6: that. Florida, Kentucky, and now Texas in the SEC, and I'm slowing way down but if you're going to add two more and for the volleyball conference and the big ten you throw on the brazilian national team maybe (laughs) serbia i mean that's basically how rugged this group is rutgers got to be thinking what did what were we thinking when we joined this conference uh but uh it's it's going to be rugged but you know if you're at 18 what's the magic with 18 it's kind of like when i talk to kids who are in such a rush to get graduated and uh And I think them. So, you know, what there's no magic graduating when you're age 22 or 23 or even 24, as long as you're not wasting time or spending extra dough. So, uh, beyond what you would need to. So, uh, you know, 18, 20 at at this point, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of difference. And there are two teams out there that play great volleyball and, uh, I think are fairly comparable, uh, athletically in a lot of sports. And that's Cal and Stanford that brings you to the Bay Area. So there's something going on I'm not fully aware of uh, that makes me wonder why there don't seem, at least, to be serious talks about Cal and Stanford. But who else might they be? If you're going to add two more, who else is out there?
1: Yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I, and I would assume that might be who it is, who you would you would be thinking in this situation. But I think he wants... 20 because you could then sort them in divisions for two 10-team 10, 10 divisions and have, you know, nine home-and-home home matchups with those, essentially, to make the the conference season. And then maybe some crossovers as well. But, um, yeah, and then he wants to have a divisional playoffs, essentially, with half the yeah. teams getting a home match essentially, and play some of this postseason there. So, I mean, he's he's making some lemon, lemonade in the in volleyball out of this conference realignment in a way that some people aren't really, which is interesting, I, mean, I think.
6: His, his coach's office is basically a chem lab. I mean, he's always coming up with stuff and, and he's ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff. People belatedly often come around and realize, you know, he really had a, a, a point, but uh, coaches typically aren't as forward as John Cook is with their ideas. I mean, they got to they got to keep their jobs. They got to manage a really uh, complicated corporation effectively, and that's their teams and, and do it successfully. And furthermore, you don't want to say much that might you know, upset your bosses effectively, the you know, people who are you know, the athletic directors and the presidents of the university. So I, I just think we're, we're fortunate we have a, a head coach who's willing to, to, to say these things and, and move the needle. And, and even if they aren't embraced, the fact that they're out there makes people consider them, and often we get to, in my opinion, to a, a better ultimate result because people are like Coach Cook are willing to throw out their informed ideas. But here's the deal with the with volleyball: is if there's going to be a tournament and under a new format, it, it's really important you don't play more than three mat more than two matches in that final tournament weekend. If okay. you start playing three or four matches, you really stress the players physically and you start causing coaches to wonder okay i'm here to win the national championship i'm here to advance deep into december and suddenly we have created this you know television well, event
1: yeah As it's to- like college basketball then there's this yeah. there, some of these conferences have fairly meaningless tournaments in to, to the point that they make the bracket before the championships are even over
6: great analogy absolutely correct it, because it's so physically demanding and in some ways, volleyball is more demanding than basketball because you're jumping over and over on every single rally. So you can do two matches that final weekend because we still, we currently have two matches and still be ready the subsequent Friday for the NSA tournament. But you start playing three or four matches and you have to concentrate them. It's going to be the Thanksgiving weekend. So now you're playing them Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three, four matches. Those players aren't going to be recovered potentially. Yeah. And now you're subs. So it's, that's a big part of it. Is, is you know you can play, you know probably badminton uh, a lot of matches over and over. You can play softball. There you go, softball. You can play over and over. <laughs> yeah. It's you yeah, yeah. can play over and over. And and the players physically are 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 not taxed in subsequent days.
1: I thought I remembered. I thought I remembered um cook or, or and and someone maybe i think it was him saying it to me maybe when i had him on uh, that the big 10 was very close this was pre-pandemic that the big 10 was close to having some kind of a conference tournament and i can't remember do you do you recall anything about this was this was this there's, cart going down the road at some point and it stopped there's been a little bit of noise but the
6: coaches have been split over the years and this is a big decision go ahead with a tournament and not many volleyball conferences have a tournament because the expense of bringing the teams to one site and you know what kind of fan reaction you're gonna get what kind of revenue you're gonna get and and uh then you you got teams that are giving up home dates on that final weekend and that's a lot of revenue for for certain programs so there are a lot of detractors and you've got the 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 element of multiple matches and, and uh you know the physical stress that we just discussed so I don't think it ever got really serious. It certainly has been talked about because it would be a great TV event, especially now with the Big Ten Network. I and mean, the Big yeah. Ten Network, so you would have a captive audience. You would have a network that would pump it up for weeks and weeks and cover everything, you know, behind the scenes, locker room, director's cut type stuff. That would be great for the Big Ten volleyball teams. But uh, I don't think it's ever gotten uh, really uh, serious. And you know, at least half the coaches are against it for the reasons yeah. I just suggested. Yeah, it would be a great TV event.
1: Yeah, I mean, you'd have to, be, and with the conference size, it'd have to be a, you know, four, maybe eight teams max to now, to, to be able exactly. to do that.
6: I'm thinking you bring in the four teams, and at this TV event, with all the Big Ten revenue, you compensate them, like in Nebraska, for the gate they would miss out on, all the revenue from tickets you would miss out on, and having a match at the Devaney uh, that weekend or two matches at the Devaney. And you bring in four teams, so you're only playing two matches then meanwhile what do you do with all the other teams they kind of play each other so you don't learn until like the week prior who's going to host and where it's going to be but you got two 10-team divisions three plays three four plays four five plays five uh in a you know in one of the two
1: which is what football did during the pandemic year which gave us that bizarre nebraska rutgers game in december on a friday night (laughs) <laughs> who can right. forget who can forget that Piscataway game with a with a robust thirty five hundred people watching that game from the stands
6: didn't the huskers win that one? they
1: did Adrian yeah. Martinez had a good game it was, a, it was one of the one of the last high points of of uh things boy. for husker football sadly I wish enough
6: wish he just hadn't been a drop back passer boy yeah Imagine Adrian running the old option i'm maybe i'm the first person to come up with this, but I think he probably could have been a heck of an option quarterback. <laughs>
1: I, I doubt anybody had suggested using the option. It's not something you hear much in Nebraska.
6: I'm always a little late on this stuff. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, by the way, Cook said he's uh, pushing Trev Albers to add men's volleyball, too, although you've got Title IX things that you've got to overcome if you're going to add a sport. But he says there's funding out there, grant funding, to get it going. And he says uh, we need men's volleyball here in Nebraska. So that'd be interesting okay. if something like that happened. It's just it, not as many schools have it because of Title IX, and it's not nearly as, as – I assume it's not nearly as popular either. So
2: Men's volleyball, women's wrestling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you can do that.
2: The fair, our state have with volleyball extend the men's game. That would be a
6: fascinating experiment. We're about to learn, does it extend to the professional game? These supernovas are super cool. Yeah. In uh, Omaha, they're going to play 24 dates, 12 at home, in CHI 17,000. Yep. We're going to find out. And, boy, they're assembling some amazing talent. Yeah, they are. Sidney Hilly, et cetera. You got got Fiona Presley from Baylor is going to be playing on the outside. She can attack from the concourse. She can attack. You (laughs) You can throw the ball wherever she is in the building. She's amazing to watch.
0: Yeah,
1: it'll be interesting to see what the reception for that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we should talk a little bit, too. We got 10 days until a match. And I know we ran over a lot of stuff last week with you just in terms of uh, especially that setter battle, but... Uh, I like
6: repetition. I tell my kids every day, clean your room. I like repetition, so that's okay. Yeah. But, hey, don't forget the red-white this week.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. What what should we be looking for for those who are in attendance? My daughter and my wife are going to be in attendance at the match, or people who are listening to you. Uh, what, should, what should people be looking for here?
6: You're going to see a team in red. You're going to see a team in white. And uh, you're going to probably see players exchanging jerseys after a couple of You're going to see both setters uh, on each side, each each of the two setters competing, Kennedy Orr and Bergen Riley on each side of the net. That'll be fascinating to keep an eye on. You're going to see Lainey Choboy, the new freshman back row specialist, and Lexi Rodriguez on opposite sides, probably for the final time. I'm so excited Mm -hmm. to see those two complement each other. They're going to be the best duo in the country in the back row. We already led the country in defense last year. under 130 opponent's attack percentage, just suffocating defense. And it's with Laney Choboy, it's probably getting better back there. So the question becomes the offense. So where else do you look? Okay, Allie Norris versus Lindy Grouse. I mean, that's, that's huge. And uh, they're both elite talents, and I think they're battling over one spot. And he's are thinking, well, hold on. There are two outside hitting positions. Harper Murray, from what I understand, is a little better passer. And one of those two, you want to have pass through the back row. You just don't have enough substitutions in a single set to sub out both back row, both outside hitters. So, um, you know, so Harper Murray's probably going to get her shot to play all the way around uh, because that passing skill. But also, she's electric attacking the volleyball. I just mentioned Presley out of Baylor. She, Yasiana Presley, was one of the first college level volleyball players to be able to attack from all three positions in the back row. Like Sarah Pavins. She would attack from the back right. And then you've got great attackers who attack from the back left. Rarely do you see a outside hitter who can attack effectively from all three spots. Logan Eggleston is a rare example of someone who can attack from the back row all three spots, although she rarely did. Harper Murray can do it right now. Wow. She's 18 years old. And when she attacks from the 10-foot line, she makes contact with the ball if the sets in the right location, like almost above the net. I mean, that's her leaping ability. Sure she's going to be special. So keep an eye on her, but you know, uh, Allie versus, uh, Lindsay and, you know, Hey, um, uh, uh Hayden Kubik is also, that's right. That. Still a she
1: Kubik four, on the team.
6: She was the number four recruit in the country. And, uh, you got four elite talents on the left side and you got to keep it. I'm just going through the whole roster basically right now. Yeah, so fine. you got to keep an eye on Merritt Beeson as yes.
0: well.
6: He was a captain in Florida last year. She hasn't played a match for Nebraska. She's already been named co-captain here. So, She's special off the floor. How strong is she on the floor? Because we need a reliable right side as well. So there's a lot to watch on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, absolutely. uh Should be fun. Get kind of an idea of what the, are we going to do? Any of these novelty things like bring alumni in or bring coaches in the game? Or we do, short on players? Got to do that. We can see any of that on Saturday night.
7: They're
6: going to pull anyone out of the stands because you got you got 14 Huskers and you split them up seven on seven. I think we should be okay, but if you know, Kelly Hunter needs to, you know, throw on a jersey. They might do that. That's always kind of fun. Like, yeah. Man Danny though, just back from Turkey playing professionally. She comes out. And she, like, schools the Oscars. Right.
1: <laughs> right. I, I, too bad Jordan Larson is is uh, not with the squad yet because that would be fun oh, to see.
6: I think she is. Oh, I is she? she?
1: Okay. I thought... She was
6: here at Lincoln Saturday night. Yeah, I think she's here. Uh, okay. Week. Doesn't leave for like a month or so. I could be wrong. I stand if Mancuso, corrected if that's true. If she's around, there might be a grassroots movement to recruit her to throw on a jersey. What if she's out there that'd in a great. USA jersey? That
1: would that'd be, pretty be cool. Sweet. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Lexi try and dig Jordan. That would be. That would be. Uh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. And
6: kind of slow down, Jordan. Maybe she has to wear all three of her medals <laughs> <laughs> just to kind of equalize it a little bit. Boy, I felt him. Oh, she was at the Nebraska Greats program at Rococo. What a what a night that was. Justine was there. Justine us. What a dear. She was named, Justine, by the two announcers, Brad uh, hold on, Kevin Barrett and uh, also, of course, Paul Sunderland on the television broadcast in Tokyo for the Olympics as the greatest libero in the history of Olympic play. Like, her performance as libero on the U.S. team in the 2021 Tokyo Olympics was the best libero play that they'd ever seen in the Olympics. No question. Anyway, she was there, and uh, also Kelsey Robinson, the other gold medal winner um, by Zoom. Yeah, 12 American women who have ever, in women's volleyball, won a gold medal, and three of them are ex-Huskers. And so, uh, you know, Jordan was there. She brought her medals, and boy, they are heavy. The bronze is heavy. The silver is heavier than the bronze, the goal, holy moly! I was curling. I was like warming up, <laughs> curling that thing before the whole deal. But uh, it's it's just great to have her back. It's it's just I, I got it gets me excited. You know they have yeah. Jordan Larson back with the program, and you know the players were like and just to a person said, "Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it!" Like Lindsey Krause was talking about how it. it's like a dream come true. Like Jordan R- Larson, how the hero is here, like on the charter planes for road trips yeah. in practice. So, Not every day. She's still trying out the Olympic team. And she wants to play in Paris. It would be her fourth Olympiad.
1: That's crazy. If she
6: makes the team. And Justine was saying that the possibility of her rejoining the team, and it's likely, obviously, she was the captain and the most valuable player of the whole Olympics in Tokyo. It has just given them such a shot in the arm. Because everyone listens to Jordan. Everyone on the team. When Jordan talks, everyone That's listens cool. to of respect. Really exciting. She's a Husker coach.
1: Something to look forward to this season on a couple of levels. Uh, thank you, JB. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next That's week before the uh, season gets started. All right. That's it. Hold on. Do you have Caleb's Nebraska Broadcasters
6: Association Award up there on the wall with soft lighting on yeah, it?
2: Yeah, we, we, we got a spot for it. <laughs> nice. Yep. Well deserved. Very exciting. Thank, thank you, you JB.
1: JB. Appreciate it. There you go. John Baylor, voice of Nebraska. volleyball We got to go. 858, KLN.